I think if we're all being honest, we would all admit that at some point in this human experience, we have felt like giving up on life. It's tough. If you're there right now, or perhaps your child is, or someone that you know and love, this podcast is for you. Open your eyes, your prize is right before you somehow. Whatever you do, just don't miss I've often heard that suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. I don't think people who take their life understand just how far-reaching that agony is. It causes so much destruction. In my own personal life, I watched a little baby boy come home from the hospital in a bassinet and grow into this remarkable young man who was so talented and smart and athletic. And we all had to go to a funeral where the elementary school gathered, all the teachers from high school, the football team, the lacrosse team, all the coaches, and his mom and dad sat in the front row with his brother. It's a soul quake. I've often heard it's a nuclear bomb trying to wipe out a nest of mosquitoes. It's so far-reaching and it's so prevalent. When I did the news for 25 years, we never reported on suicides, but the truth is one million people take their lives every year around the world. And in the United States, 40,000 people every year take their lives. That is double the murder rate in the United States. And it's the number one cause of death among young people ages 15 to 24. It's a problem. And it's also something that I think we can come together and discuss. You know, the Bible says that we're supposed to bear each other's burdens. If you right now are suffering with suicidal thoughts, I want to give you a 1-800-LIFELINE. This line is available 24 hours a day around the United States. The number is 1-800-273-TALK. 1-800-273-TALK. The people that answer these phones get it. They understand. This is a serious problem. You know, depression changes, like the weather. I live in Colorado, I'm out here today doing the podcast in this beautiful Colorado weather, but it, they say give it an hour, it'll change. I think that's how our feelings are. I don't think we can really trust them, which is why we need community. We need small groups. We need people who would encourage us. In fact, if someone has confided in you, and I know for me, since the pandemic, I've had several friends come to me and say their children have either thought about committing suicide or have attempted it. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about things that we can do besides prayer and building each other up. And specifically, I wanna to talk to those young people who are struggling. 
I feel like I have a calling for young girls. I understand them so well. And I think we have a wonderful relationship because most of them are strong-willed. <laughs> I have calmed down quite a bit in all these years, but when I was young, I remember thinking, my parents are driving me nuts. And the truth of the matter is, they were just being who they are. But I didn't want them telling me what to do. And most of these young girls tell me the same thing. They either have a problem with one parent, both parents, and I get it. But let's talk about some solutions to where you are. There are several factors that play into how you feel about yourself. You know, a lot of these young girls will say, how come you're so confident? How did you sit in front of that camera and report the news? Well, confidence comes from trust and belief in yourself and belief in God. I couldn't have done what I did without the nurturing of those two parents. I did graduate high school a year and a half early because I wanted to achieve my goals. And I think goals are so important, worthy goals that is. And I think the nurturing of parents, you can't always control. And also you can't always control your nature. Some people like me are just more strong-willed than others. But what we can control is our reaction to our nurturing and our nature. And I say to young girls, what are you here for? Because as long as you're breathing, you have a purpose. Well, I don't know. Well, did you ask God? No. Well, let's start there. So I always ask young girls to pray with me and ask God to reveal the plans he has for them. Because he says in Jeremiah 29, 11, there are plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Then what I like to do is give a young girl a journal. This one I picked up at Hobby Lobby. It says, be inspired every day. Because every day we should be taking steps toward our divine callings, why we're here. For me, I think it's to reach the lost, it's to inspire people, it's to give people a hope in the future. And I think that's what we're here to do until we make it home to him, to remind each other that we're not alone. The first thing I ask young girls to do, and you can ask young guys to do this too, although I raised one of them and they're a little bit harder to sit down and do this, but I think you, they should do it anyway. So there you go. The first thing is list your strengths, list your qualities. There are so many wonderful things about these beautiful, bright, smart, creative young girls that I meet. I just can't stand it. And it's fun to list all their qualities and strengths. And you know, you, if you're trying to mentor a young girl, um, you can list some of the things that you notice about her. Then the second thing is her achievements or his achievements. Well, I don't have any. Well. You do well in school, you're a good student, you're smart, you've accomplished that. Maybe you're on time to school, maybe you are in sports, maybe you've done a job babysitting, um, taking care of pets. Those are uh, achievements and those are important to write down. The third I would say is, what do you want in life? Where do you want to be in a year from now? And where do you want to be five years from now? What's really fun to do is a vision board where you get a whole bunch of magazines out and you cut out pictures, you know, 
just let this child, this young adult, just create a vision board and then put it where she can see it or he can see it every day. That's what I did with my son and it's so funny if you look back over it how much of it will come to pass. Then I think when you're doing all of these inventories and assessments, take a look at who you surround yourself with and who is influencing you. Because if you show me your friends, I'll show you who you are. If you're trying to decide who you want to be a friend, watch them, listen to them talk, watch how they behave because you're going to sound and look and act just like them. In fact, if you take a whole bunch of great, beautiful, ripe apples and put them in with a rotten one, it won't take long. If they're in a Ziploc bag, to all go bad. So it's really important what you meditate on, what you're looking at, what you're thinking about. You know, I spend a lot of time, I'm just drawn to Africa. And I've been there several times. The first trip I took was to Senegal, West Africa. And what was so remarkable to me is these children had nothing, but they were so happy. And I thought, what, what do they have that we're missing? Then I went to the poorest part of the world along the shores of Lake Victoria, very remote part of Kenya. These children again, joyous, singing, happy. What is it? Then I went to, most recently, to Rwanda, where these are children left behind after the genocide. And I thought to myself, all right, when I come back to this country, I see a stark contrast. They don't have social media. They don't have this great disparity between where they are and where they think they should be. They love each other. They want to help each other. They have exercise every day because they have to walk miles to go to school. They only get several meals and they're just high protein. They get sunshine. They're surrounded by people who support them and love them. And most of these people, the number one aspect of their life is their faith. Truly. And they're so happy. And you know, when you are thinking about that and helping people and thinking about something other than your own navel, because think about it, if you're looking down at your navel, then you're missing everything that God has in front of you. And that's why I think service is such an important part of overcoming depression and anxiety and frankly, entitlement and self-centeredness. Maybe you just smile at someone having a bad day. Maybe you hold the door open for somebody who's having a hard time, has a bunch of packages, or has a hard time walking. The point of it is to make sure that you're not just constantly thinking of yourself, but thinking about where God would want you to go, who He would want you to help, and where He would want you to be. That, at the end of the day, is the greatest blessing that we can do, is to help somebody else. You know, I heard this expression one time that if you want to be happy for an hour, take a nap. If you want to be happy for a day, go fishing. Well, I would have some other plans for that. But if you want to be happy for a year, get an inheritance. But if you want to be happy for a lifetime, help someone. This journey isn't about us. And that's what I want to leave you with. You might think that you're having it really rough, but I think if we put all of our problems in a pile and you got to see what other people are going through, 
you might just pick up your problem and say I'm good and go home and see what you can do to make this world a better place. I'm Stephanie Riggs. This is Divine Calling.